What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mordcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, the Nuggets have proceeded to win two games in a row since we last podcasted, so that's really cool. Um, we're going to kind of talk about the last game against Portland. They have beaten two really subpar teams, but I'm being generous here, the two really terrible teams. Um, so, obviously, grain of salt with all this, but it's good to see them get off the schneid uh, after losing three in a row. Now they won two in a row, and then they play, uh, being as of this recording, I believe they play tomorrow, which is against the Golden State Warriors, which uh, they're surging lately, and this will be a much tougher matchup for the Nuggets. But that's not the point of this particular podcast. I want to focus on two aspects here that I, I'm. Sometimes I do get ideas from uh, from Twitter. Sometimes, and this is one of those where I I really decided that I needed to address a couple of the things that people have said about two players. Uh, obviously, this first segment I'm going to talk about Mike, and the second segment I'm going to talk about Colin Gillespie. Um, and they're both little, they're different scenarios completely because one of these guys is uh, a guy who is a main cog in the wheel and another guy is a guy who probably won't be, if optimally speaking, won't be playing at all. But I want to ta- address both of them. We're going to talk about Mike first. Mike had 34 points last night and 10 rebounds. And what we need to, what we need to see and what we need to really address is there are circumstances for why Michael Porter Jr. sometimes does and doesn't have big second halves. Um, Mike's prone to big first halves and disappearing in the second, and there's a lot of different factors for that. Some of them are his fault. Some of them are out of his control. And what you saw last night was Mike was able to consistently be shot ready, get his shot up, and uh, not worry about anything else. He just did his thing, and then he he created a little. He crashed the boards. He there was space for Mike, and that is something that is really key here. Understanding that there is there was, and the key word here is space. Mike uh, having the space. It's not necessarily freedom, and that's good. I'm going to get to that in a second, but it's the space to do what he needs to do, and I'm not talking about spacing. Um, when you have an offense like the Nuggets, obviously there's two guys at the, at the top who suck up most of the oxygen in the offense, and there's the three guys who get the leftovers. Um, and that, if you think about it, that is the basically most offenses in the NBA. There's two guys who do most most of everything, and then the rest uh, kind of slot into where they're good. Um, optimally, if if the Lakers were opt were if you look at the Lakers, then you got Davis and LeBron, and then Austin Reeves takes up a little bit of the what remains uh, with their offense. Uh, unless it's Torium or uh, uh, is it Torium Prince who's been uh, getting all these shots for some reason for the Lakers? Anyway, there's there's these, and then you obviously you got the bench people and all that stuff, which is a different ecosystem. But in the starting lineup, you get you get that function, which is two guys, and then all the rest, the other three, kind of fill their role. Mike has been a fill fill their role guy. The problem with Mike has always with with the Nuggets and Mike is that Mike serves a very important role. And you saw this when uh, Peyton Watson tried to fill in for Mike that one day that Mike was not in the lineup. And that was, uh, I think it was that first Sacramento game 
um, of the. In fact, it was the it was the second game of the of the uh, or the first game of the losing streak uh, that, before they got to the All Star break. And uh, I talked about this on the podcast, and I addressed it on Twitter. But you could see that w- what Mike provides is integral to what the Nuggets do. This is why they're uh, in twenty two. One of the reasons uh, that Nuggets flamed out in the first round was there was no other than had not having Jamal and Mike. Um, there was no threat of spacing. There was just there was the gravity of the whole thing was collapsed in on Jokic and you can't really win games that way. You need a guy who is going to be a consistent threat to stretch a defense, which is what the modern NBA wants you to do. This is, this is the state of the league as we know it right now. Um, And unless they alter rules to constrict the spacing, it's going to be entirely based on how you, how much you can force guys out to the three point line and be a threat to guard, which in turn, leaves openings for you to do what you need to do. Mike's part in that and Mark's role, Mike's role in that is completely uh, um, essential to the, to the Denver Nuggets in the starting lineup as, as it currently is constructed. And unless they completely overhaul things, this is the way the Nuggets have to do business. So you saw when Peyton Watson was in there, he couldn't do what Mike did. And that was something that uh, was very reflectant of of the way their offense functioned that night and how lackluster they looked, even with Jamal out there. So that's Mike's role. But Mike uh, will have big games in the first quarter sometimes, maybe through a first half, and then in the second half he won't get many shots. Some of that is on Mike. Uh, Mike does tend to want to fit in. I think as the years have gone by, it's been more and more clear that Michael Porter Jr. has done his best to fit in as much as he can. And in that spirit, it has been relatively difficult for him to stand out. Fitting in means you fit in. Um, there, there are great things about fitting in, and there's drawbacks to fitting in. And one of those, one of those drawbacks is if you fit in too much, you don't stand out. And Mike has been a victim of trying to fit in, probably more than he needs to. Um, there's a balance between chucking and assertiveness, and you need to have be on the assertive side more than you need to be on the uh, chucker side. And there are there are people out there who run their offenses through chuckers, uh, but they don't call them chuckers anymore. They call them ball dominant and stuff like that, um, volume shooters, being nice now. But there there's offenses that can operate, operate pretty well out of that kind of scenario. The Nuggets don't do that. So Mike will have a big first half and then try to fit in as best he can in the second half, particularly when it comes to having Jamal needing to get his. And one of the big things you noticed last night is that in the second half, the Nuggets were, because Jokic had a lot of the ball and Reggie Jackson wasn't doing that well as the starting point guard, not as well as he was when Jamal was out the first time in earlier in the year. So really when Colin Gillespie came in, um, he understood a lot of different things that necessarily maybe Reggie Jackson doesn't function as the same way who they need him to score in the second unit um, in the uh, when 
Gillespie was in there, it was more of a he understood the function of the offense, which was centered around both Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. It, it wasn't an either or. It was both of them. It really was. It did evolve into a MPJ and Jokic scenario, which made the offense really deadly. And when Gillespie was in there, there wasn't Reggie Jackson doing what he needs to do in the second unit, which is score. So the Nuggets found themselves in a situation where they needed Mike to do what he usually does in space and uh, be assertive enough to where he can score uh, at a high level. And, And Mike was not only efficient last night, but he got 21 shots, which is, I think, the most he has had this year. I am not entirely, don't quote me on that one. That could be the most Mike's had this year. Now, in a in a perfect world, 21 shots is, uh, you're hitting, and I think he hit 13 last night of 21 shots, which is a really good clip, plus three free throws. So if you're hitting that, that clip and hitting 50% on your threes like he was last night, your, your scoring is going to be elite, and that is what happened, along with Jokic getting his triple-double. 29 points, you know, and it was nearly 15-15-15 again, which is insane. So the, the Nuggets kind of understood what they had to do, and a lot of that had to do with Gillespie being in the, and I'll get to Gillespie in the second half of this podcast, but a lot of that had, had to do with Colin Gillespie understanding what needed to be happening, and that was get the ball to Michael Porter Jr. And getting it to Mike or getting it to Jokic, who would get it to Mike, um, and that was really essential. Not having Jamal out there, it's not a a knock at Jamal. Jamal's function when he is out there is to be the co-star with with Nikola Jokic, and in that spirit, you don't you, there's not enough space for someone like Michael Porter Jr. We have seen in second halves of games where Jamal has uh, been focused on him and. Uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, and the ball doesn't get to Mike. Mike just is out there to space the floor. And that is part of the function of what I talked about at the first part of this podcast, where it, it's it's two guys at the top, and then the three guys slot into their roles. And inevitably, as you get later in games, this is the way that games go. Um, it gets more tight, and you focus on the thing that works. 100% that's what's going to happen. Uh, but without Jamal out there... There was room for Mike to do what he needed to do, and he was able to, as the kids would say, cook. And Mike cooked really, really well last night. It hasn't always happened when Jamal's been out, um, but a lot of that has had to do with uh, the function of what the Nuggets have been doing. I think the Nuggets have evolved through the year um, because they've had to. They can't rely on their bench. The bench has been, by and large, just dreadful. Now... Optimally, what Kelvin Booth has wanted to do, and this will go hand in hand when I talked about Colin Gillespie in the uh, in the second half, was to have a unit that specializes in defense, which would be the second unit. The problem with it was the def- the offense in the second unit has been so awful that they haven't been able to keep up. You know, you can as I as I've made the point with Michael Malone, as far as his coaching goes, all the time, you can't you defend your way out of a shooting slump. You got to just be able to hit shots. And um, sometimes coaches don't understand that. Very specifically, Michael Malone sometimes doesn't understand that. So what Malone, I think, to his credit, has has attempted to do is get Mike with the bench. 
And a lot of the bench minutes with Michael Porter Jr., you can see the offense getting better. You can see things starting to open up. And a lot of that has to do with they have to respect him. They have to respect Mike on the perimeter so it's not as congested as it is. There's still going to be some issues with Peyton Watson and Christian Brown out there um, because these guys are not necessarily the threats that the starting unit contains. So Mike had more space to do what he needed to do. uh, And some of it is Mike needs to be more assertive not necessarily fit in like he used to. Um, We are evolving to a different point in the Nuggets' uh, attempt to win multiple titles, and some of that is Michael Porter Jr. needs to be more assertive. And I'm not talking about being, once again, not talking about being a chucker. I'm not talking about him becoming Jordan Crawford out there. I'm talking about him becoming more assertive and knowing that when you have your opportunity, you need to take advantage of it. And sometimes you need to force them to recognize you. And you do that. That's not selfish. That's helping the offense. And Mike did that last night. It helped that Jamal wasn't out there, but it has nothing to do with Jamal. It has nothing to do with, it just has to do with the function of the offense. And maybe the Monogas can begin with Mike incorporating with the bench more, incorporating him being a scorer, primary scorer more and more and more. And that will only help out the Denver Nuggets. All right, we're going to be talking about Colin Gillespie in the second half of the podcast. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in Beef Lower Downtown, Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. One of my favorite places to go to just chill. I mean, they open at 1 o'clock, and sometimes you could just go down there, have a glass, and read a book. Uh, you can like work on your computer. Sometimes I do work down there. Uh, it's actually, you know, it's actually kind of cool to just kind of chill out and it's really a great vibe. They got a couch there and it's very comfortable. And if you want to do some work before the the lunch rush happens or after the lunch rush happens, you can kind of sit there, do your thing and kind of enjoy what they have to offer. They got great reds. They got great whites. They've got great Pinot. The Pinot is great there. Um, they've got great uh, Cabernet. They've got basically all you need in your uh, favorite local wine bar, including partnerships with Western Slope Wineries. They got a location in Fort Collins. They got a location in Golden. And they're, of course, their original location in Sonoma County, California. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. Colin Gillespie. And it's interesting. I saw the reactions of people on Twitter were very invested in Jalen Pickett talking about Malone playing Colin Gillespie over Jalen Pickett. And, and it is 100% a very predictable and easy thing to deduce. Okay. Colin Gillespie was with the Nuggets last year. He was injured all year, but he was with the Nuggets last year. Jalen Pickett was not. Jalen Pickett was a court draft pick. And in his opportunities to play this last year, he was not great. And a lot of that had to do with the lack of Jamal, 
and Reggie Jackson having to be the starting point guard. And all of that kind of worked against both Colin Gillespie and uh, Jalen Pickett. Um, a more healthy roster would lend itself to better opportunity and better showing. Um, but the, the God's honest truth is Michael Malone trusts Colin Gillespie. Now, you can quibble with that, but it's 100% the truth. He trusts Colin Gillespie. He trusts him because he was here last year, and he trusts him because he knows how to get Jokic the ball, and he trusts him because he works within the framework of what the Nuggets do. Obviously, he's gonna he's tiny. He's going to get cooked on defense. Uh, there are things about Colin Gillespie that uh, don't make him what you would call an optimal um, point guard in, in an NBA that is incre- getting increasingly large at every position. But you do need a guy who knows what he's going to be doing. And uh, what Colin Gillespie understood last night was something that I heard pointed out on the DNVR podcast, but it's something I've been thinking about, is that he just he just needed to, he understands that everything focuses around Nikola Jokic. And what he was able to do was do the on-ball, off-ball thing very well. And he was able to operate within that framework. And he was slippery enough and small enough to get through cracks. And he had some great running layups in this in this game. Um, through the little bit of space, a little bit of spacing, he got the the through the cracks and was able to get some nice nice plays. He played the best he's ever played as a Denver Nugget, which, granted, has only been this year. But Gillespie being within the framework of what the Nuggets do for a year helps him have a leg up over Jalen Pickett. Uh, Pickett has has some has some things that are are obviously very attractive to Nuggets fans. He's slightly bigger than uh, uh, Colin Gillespie. He's got that red uh, that uh, uh, Andre Miller thing, which is you know. If you're a longtime Nuggets fan, you see the Andre Millerness of it. Um, you, you see those aspects, and you think this guy's smart, and he'll be able to do a thing. Um, sometimes having a guy who is a primarily a mid-range post-up player, sort of like Andre Miller was, um, it doesn't necessarily work in a Jokic offense where that requires um, uh, size and spacing. Jamal Murray doesn't post up. Colin Gillespie doesn't post up. Reggie, uh, Reggie, uh, Reggie, Reggie Jackson doesn't post up. I the the Nuggets have only one post up guard, and that is Jalen Pickett. Until the Nuggets learn how to incorporate that into what they do, it's just not going to work. And I think Malone, you know, and, and and everyone who listens to this show understands. I am not Malone's biggest cheerleader, but to his credit, he understands exactly the what the deal is. If you're going to be in a spot like this, where they're going to have to rest Jamal a lot because he's got shin splints, they're going to have to arrest him, and it's not something they can do because if you if you shin splints require time and. Uh, the Nuggets are in a stretch of the season that they don't have the time. And Jamal has been having his injury issues again this year. This is just the story of Jamal Murray. In order for the Nuggets to get to where they need to get to, they are going to have to incorporate trustworthy backup point guards, people who they can put into games that can uh, effectively run an offense both with and without Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets kind of split Reggie Jackson and Colin Gillespie last night in a very, very clever way. I think 
I think what uh, Malone did yesterday, uh, as of this recording, last night, um, was clever. I think the, credit to the coaching staff and Michael Malone for understanding what they needed to do because uh, Gillespie was able to cook with Jokic, have a little bit of time with the bench unit, but give most of the time uh, with the bench still to the person who is the captain of the bench unit, which is Reggie Jackson. So this is good. And one of the things that Nuggets will probably be able to do down the stretch is their schedule is the second easiest in the league these last games. The easiest is Boston. Boston has the easiest schedule in the league, which is that they already have the best record in the league and are running away with that. And I, I, I think that uh, uh, obviously this is a, a sign for them going into the playoffs, but the Nuggets have the second easiest the Minnesota Timberwolves lost last night. And this is going to be a very, very fascinating race down the stretch. As I said, it's going to be very difficult. And then last contest, it's going to be very difficult for the Nuggets to get the first seed. Even though they're basically two games behind the Timberwolves right now. They got three games against the Timberwolves. They shouldn't be focused on him. What they should be focused on is rest. And resting Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and maybe sprinkling in... Um, uh, Aaron Gordon is going to be key going down the stretch because you want your best. Uh, Jokic talked about that last night. You, you want you want your best going into uh, the playoffs, and the Nuggets are going to have that fine balancing act. Well, having someone you can trust, uh, particularly in this easy schedule against weaker teams, the Nuggets can kind of get away with resting Jamal Murray, which is something that has gone under-talked about down the stretch because everyone's focused on where the Nuggets are at in the seeding, me included. But when you realize it, the Nuggets can probably give both men enough rest to where they are able to um, go into these uh, last 20, one was it, 25 games now and really take advantage of the the easiness of it. And, and they have a four-game homestand and a five-game homestand, I think. Trying to, I'm trying to remember, but they got a couple home stands, and then they uh, obviously they. I think their longest road trip is uh, two or three games or something like that. Another, they, they they got all their long road trips out of the way. This team is really poised to cut the balance that you really need to be getting into the playoffs and really playing your best when you get into the playoffs because 90% of that is your health. 90% of that is your health. If you are healthy heading into the playoffs, uh, you are in a catbird seat. Um, and the interesting thing about last night was the Nuggets were on the second night of a back-to-back -back beating against Portland and playing uh, a what uh, amounts to a first-year point guard uh, as your backup. And beating the snot out of the Portland Trailblazers and the Minnesota Timberwolves were losing. Uh, in fact, uh, out of halftime, they, they, they lost a, a lead to the Milwaukee Bucks, who have been a, a tire, tire fire since uh, Doc Rivers took over. And um, I said this before, both Minnesota and uh, OKC have much more difficult schedules than the Denver Nuggets going down the stretch, something to keep an eye on. But back to Gillespie, Malone trusts him, and 
you don't necessarily want to put your offense in the hands of someone like Jalen Pickett, who is both extremely untested in the NBA and probably is not a easy fit with what the Nuggets do right now. Now, next year, next year may be different. Next year may be a different scenario altogether. I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do with Colin Gillespie. I honestly don't. He is playing on a non-guaranteed contract right now, a two-way deal, um, which is probably something deals they should have given to Jalen Pickett and uh, Hunter Tyson, to be honest with you. And I've talked about that before, but we'll, you know, whatever. Um, The Nuggets, you know, you, you look at this and... Yes, the trustworthiness is there right now with Colin Gillespie. It may not be there if you go into camp next year and the scenario changes. You know, who knows what this Nuggets roster is going to look at look like next year. But as far as this year goes, with this specific team, Michael Malone trusts Colin Gillespie more than he trusts uh, a rookie who has been not great in most of the games he's played which hasn't been a lot. You can't really do that. And I, and I do not blame, I do not blame Michael Malone in the slightest for going with the guy he knows and the going with the guy he trusts. Uh, Colin Gillespie may have some terrible games. Colin Gillespie may get cooked on, on defense, and, and not may, will get cooked on defense. Okay? These are things that will probably happen, and we'll talk about those as the year goes on. But hopefully... Folks, hopefully we're not be needing either Colin Gillespie or Jalen Pickett. This is a circumstance-related thing. The Nuggets need to rest and manage MPJ, Nikola Jokic, and Jamal Murray. These are things that need to happen down the stretch. And fortunately for the Nuggets, their schedule is going to be conducive to them attempting to do this sort of thing. Very unusual. The Nuggets being able to do this will help the Nuggets get through this. Now, there may be some opportunity for Jalen Pickett. Pickett, there's no value judgment on him because there's not much to value. There's nothing there. It's all about trust. It is completely 100% about trust. Colin Gillespie has the advantage of being the guy who was on the roster last year and that the everyone on the roster seems to like. Okay? And... If you're a head coach on a team that just wanna, went to the finals and wants to win another one, you're going to go with the people you trust. And you might as well do that. And until you're proven wrong, which you never know, could be this year. I don't think so. This is a break in case of emergency situation. This is, this is not a value judgment on Jalen Pickett. Pickett will get his opportunity because he's given the guaranteed contract. So he will get his opportunity Colin Gillespie, who knows what the future holds for him. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, man, this is a short month. Well, February. Duh. Although it is a leap year, so, you know, we got 29 days this month. I may get a couple more podcasts in here. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest uh, Mortcast. I'm going to be back soon with another episode.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.